What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market updates. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go over live what is actually happening with the real estate market in the Bay Area. What are th things happening on a macro level that could impact prices? And I also go over the data itself so that you can get a better sense as to what is actually happening before the news articles report it. Because if you think about it, most of the news articles are always at least three months out. And of course, this week, we have a lot of very big and sad news. Prayers are out to the folks out in Ukraine. Uh, certainly very difficult. Um, it is what it is of what's happening. Um, but I want to at least cover what people have in mind. Will we have a major stock correction? Will we have um, massive impacts when it comes to real estate? I, I want to go over the data itself because history does have a very good sense of repeating itself. And if you know what has happened in history, you will get a pretty good idea of what will likely happen here. Now, of course, things are always moving. Part um, it's, it's not 100% certain if things will get worse. But from what I see right now, from what I've read, ultimately, um, Russia has already um, uh, basically invaded uh, Ukraine. It's, and there isn't any troops. So it's not like an act of real like, world war. It's really them taking over a spot. And what the U.S. And, and European Union has done so far at the moment is doing a bunch of different sanctions. So the stock market in Russia, along with their currency, has taken a very big hit. But what does that mean then for the rest of the market? Uh, it's important to look at history and what, what this usually means. If you actually look at history, markets largely have ignored recent conflicts related to the Middle East and Iran. A war between Russia, Ukraine, and Idaho may have a more severe impact, especially on commodity prices. We do see that already happening right now. I'm going to zoom in on this chart. Um, hopefully, you'll be able to see it. All right. Okay, so here's a chart itself of all the, all the major wars. So you can get a sense as to what has been history there has been generally a decline when wars happened but i think it's also very important a lot of the decline had happened in anticipation of a possible war which is very different now versus what it was before you can see the overall decline of let's say the smart stock market and small caps you know look at vietnam war uh it actually hasn't actually declined uh, a whole lot in general it has actually over time it certainly has increased now what are some key things that have occurred? Inflation has certainly been higher, so we can expect that again, likely. I mean, it's already really high now, so um, it may continue to be impacted there. But generally, the stock market uh, has not done as bad as people may think. Usually what happens is leading up to these situations that there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of concern of what are the possibilities. And take a look at the market right now. Right. If you took a look at the market right now, you can see it already had a, a decent decline from earlier in the year as interest rates have continued to rise. And that's why you see what you see. At the same time, um, a, a good amount has already recovered, at least today. Uh, it's been a pretty big jump across the board. You can see Nasdaq up 1%, S&P up 1.8%. So the question is, has this already been factored in that this was already going to happen? Time will tell. So we will see, but certainly it's been a very interesting, and this has been happening across the entire world of the general market outside of Russia's market. Russia's market has not done very, not done well at all, given the sanctions are in place and 
uh, they will have some time before it actually takes a lot more uh, precedent. So, so it gives our opportunity for those that have been buyers. And um, so, and generally the stock market does impact real estate, but the market has had to decline for an extended period of time before there is meaningful impact when it comes to real estate. However, the key question that people have is, we have a very big issue right now, which is inflation. And inflation is potentially gets worse. If you actually look at history, it actually gets got worse in times of conflict. Uh, because they produce more, they just they they spend a lot more money and, and efforts. Now we'll see, I guess, like I said, it was still very early on. We're not involved ourselves in actually having troops and and having actual combat like the last uh, Afghanistan war. But it'll be interesting to see, and we should certainly track it. But so far, the question is, has the market already factored this in? And is this already accounted for? Time will tell. But what are good assets to uh, that beats inflation, right? The seven best inflation hedge assets in ETS for 2022. So this is a good resource for people. Real estate tends to be one of the best hedges against inflation because it is an asset. If things are more expensive, like costs are more expensive than typically the materials and there's people wanting to be into uh, real estate gets even stronger. You have commodities that have been impacted. Let me take a look at what oil has happened with oil. Oil has done very well if you're an investor in oil or in those types of companies. So they have certainly been a big, big benefactor. And you have other assets, whether it's stocks. That's why stocks is very good when it, when it comes time to a crisis. And then last but not least, and, and there's many other options, but gold. Interesting enough, I don't think crypto has been a good asset yet. Uh, it's still not very clear. Is it really a safe haven as a replacement for gold? Or is it its own separate entity that has its own economics with it time will tell but that gives some sense as to what is happening so as you can see real estate tends to still do very well uh, especially in times of conflict because inflation continues to be very high so we'll see what happens but that gives you some insights related to the war and how that impacts things now what a lot of people haven't covered is what has been going on with all offices so this doesn't get reported in the news often. I have very rarely seen it. You see all these clickbait articles about people uh, leaving the Bay Area and offices never going back and nobody cares about offices. But clearly that's not the case. And as predicted this many, many times ago and over and over, uh, as soon as things are a sign of being opened, people will want to be back and offices will be open. Google resource pre-pandemic perks and lifts mask mandates in Bay Area offices. Take a look at this. About a third of the company's Bay Area workforce went into the office last week. That's a lot of people because Google has expanded uh, recently uh, over the last couple of years. So they have more employees than ever before in these campuses. And so this is just the beginning. They will probably keep opening up and people will feel comfortable and people may want to be back into the office. Leave in the comments below if your company is back in the office and what is your take? Do you like going back a couple of days a week? Do you, do you like just having that change of pace and that change of environment? Because it gets really old fast if you're stuck at home all the time. You can see earlier this month, Microsoft said it was fully reopening its offices in Washington State and in the Bay Area with other U.S. offices likely to follow suit as conditions allow. And the Bay Area is one of the most restrictive ones. So quite frankly, the fact that the Bay Area is already open for Microsoft and it's been open for Google. We're gonna see this happening across the board. I'm sure almost every company will be back, whether it's being reported or not. Leave in the comments below which company you're at 
And if you guys have been open, that'd be greatly appreciated for people to know. Now, office space has not been uh, favorable in terms of deal size for all areas. We saw many of my reports previously, a lot in the peninsula, along in Santa Clara County has done very well. But not all offices are the same because like these smaller ones uh, have not done as well because the use cases of them is they may not find the need of these office of the, the need to go in when it's a really small company or a small org. But the bigger the company is, the bigger, the more they can invest into uh, the, the office. They have a lot of perks. There's a, It's a really great uh, place for collaboration. But for smaller companies, they just may think of it as purely as a cost. So what happened in Palo Alto is that prices have actually declined uh, for properties with rents, but also with values of it. So unless they're able to build a much more massive and becomes like a hub. So like, for example, where like VMware is, I think Uber is out there too. That area will do fine because it's a large enough hub for big companies to go. But these smaller offices are not going to be as favorable. And I, I, I suspect that'll keep happening. So they, they need to figure out a way to repurpose that use. Um, what's been very popular here, and I, li I like people to really understand this, New California law adds to Prop 19 rush for North Bay property tax, tra tax transfers. Why is this? So Prop 19 is the ability, and there's been several kind of revisions of uh being able to pass along uh, property taxes, uh, especially if you're older uh, at a certain age to transfer the property tax basis. And why is that important? In the past, it used to be maybe county to county, which is kind of tough, uh, or there may be specific counties where they're partnered with. But uh, with, with the, the state being able to do this, this allows people to now choose uh, a different area that they haven't even considered before. And you can get a whole lot more land, right, as you get further and further out from the core Bay Area. So places like North Bay are very popular, especially you have a lot of land there, okay, basically like acres of land. So they'll do phenomenally well as people want to settle down there. They want more space. They want the privacy. I, I personally have a client right now. They're training from Redwood City to uh, out in like Hollister. You basically get a home for half the cost for a bigger and newer home. And if they're coming time for retirement, it makes sense for them to do so. Their property taxes gets transferred. You have a ton of money now you can use for your grandkids, your 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 your, your kids in itself, or you can reinvest it in other options. I might have a higher return. So there's been a lot of this activity, and a lot of people don't really know about this, but it's very valuable. So if you or anyone you know has any parents uh, that are at that age of retirement and they don't really need to be in the Bay Area, I mean, take advantage of the red hot market because the market has done very, very well. And it has been very favorable for those in uh, that have been fortunate to have even owned a house, even in the last year. Um, people keep thinking that they missed a boat. It all depends on your time horizon. If you ask me five, 10 years down the road, would you have missed a boat? The answer is probably not. You would have been way better if you bought it earlier, of course. But over an extended period, you're going to do well. But then again, if you're in the situation right now and that you want to use that money and you want to be able to have the flexibility to do other things or move somewhere else, you can't argue a better time in history at the moment on that issues from that perspective. So it all depends on individual's time horizon. If you're a flipper, it's different, right? Then it's a lot harder to judge and, and to make that bet. But for someone that's going to be a homeowner for some extended period of time, it still makes a lot of sense because rents have been soaring. Right. So rents, as you can see in the Bay Area, 
have been soaring. And you take a look at the comparison of this monthly buying cost, right? The cost isn't as extreme as people may think. And this does not take into account, it's, it doesn't take into account the benefit of home ownership, so the tax benefits, the benefits of long-term appreciation. So if the numbers are not that far apart and you can manage to deal with these from your own monthly expenses, which a majority of people can, then it makes a lot of sense to be a homeowner instead. And the, the math, quite frankly, I've done the math and uh, I can share with you, just within two or three years, it already makes uh, sense for you to be a homeowner, especially when you factor in the long-term appreciation and the benefits. So just do the math. It's always easier to quote unquote, just simply rent. That's the whole idea. But think about this. As a developer, they've, they've been building all luxury apartments. You have not seen any cheaper apartments. Everything has been luxury apartments of the new construction, especially in good areas. Why is that? Because they know the market is red hot and is still massive because a lot of people are not educated like yourselves that actually spend the time to watch these market updates to be informed about your options. Because there is plenty of people at Google, at Meta, at LinkedIn, at Microsoft, at Amazon, at Apple that don't know better. And they are paying these exorbitant amount of rent because they think it's quote unquote cheaper that way. And it's easier that way. It is easier. Make no mistake. It's always easy to pay a landlord. Uh, you don't have to have any commitments. You're just paying a, a, a lot of money. I mean, think about this. 3000 a month. That's 36000 a year that you just gave to a developer in that case or a landlord. So it's very doable. But um, as you can see, the spread is not as much as people think, especially when you when you compound all the different benefits of home ownership, then it's it's almost a no brainer. Now, what is interesting is what happens in the in a time of war and a time of conflict is that uh, rates actually may decline. So the actually rates have actually uh, been increasing over the over the over the weeks. But uh, if you actually look at this week, it actually had declined slightly. Uh, this is an old number. I have to. I, I actually looked at a different one. But but figures have actually dropped when it comes to rates. Dropped a little bit. We're not talking about a lot, but it is a little bit better. So we'll see what happens. It makes it a little bit more beneficial for home buyers, uh, even though rates are expected to continue to increase. I don't think that's going to change unless things get a lot worse of what is happening out in Ukraine. But uh, it's a temporary pause. Let's just say that of further increases, which has been very fierce. I mean, pro, inc uh, pro, uh, interest rates have actually increased about 1% in the last month alone. So when you're not expecting it, uh, it can go very quickly. So that's why you don't want to time it. You don't want to manipulate just getting slightly better interest rates and trying to bank on that when in reality, the market itself can, can, can certainly push it very quickly. And the last thing I want to bring up is this aspect. Vacant East Bay office buildings will house homeless residents. I think this is really cool. I mean, a lot of areas in the East Bay, a lot of areas, because they overbuilt uh, they overbuilt uh, office buildings, like the traditional type of office buildings. Um, it could be really good uses if they can transform it. It's not going to be logistically that difficult to do, but this is a really cool idea. Um, there was this previous previous program for like hotel rooms to uh, for homeless shelters, things like something like keys for keys or something. I forgot the term that they used, but this is really cool if they can keep uh, ultimately doing this. There's a lot of areas that are in that are in office spaces. As I mentioned, those smaller office spaces are not popular uh, at all. 
and people have decided not to re-up those leases. So those are great opportunities if they can work together, maybe change some of the housing uh, codes and laws to just make it easier for these conversions to happen. Because there's a lot that's already built. You don't have to rebuild the whole structure. You just need to repurpose the inside uh, of the place. And if you think about it, they already have plumbing, right? Because they all have bathrooms in it. So a lot of it's already done. Um, so hopefully we will continue to see these types of activities because this is this could be a massive game changer. Um, and office buildings, if you think about it, they're not that close typically to a lot of residential space. So you're not going to have as much of this issue of nimbyism, right? Not in my backyard because most of office spaces are in their own cluster. Now it may pack those that have uh, that rent out those places near offices. That's a different matter. But that's very different than actual residents living there. So we'll see what happens. But I think this is a really cool project. Uh, happy to see that. And hopefully we will continue to see these developments continue to play out and address um, these uh, housing uh, difficulties and issues. Okay, let's talk about the market data itself. What has been going on in the Bay Area real estate market? Let's break it down. San Mateo County, 164 new listings this week, 125 contingent pending over the week. Prices have increased and are continuing to increase since the January figures. San Mateo County actually isn't as intense at the moment for whatever reason. It's just not as, uh, I mean, it's prices are increasing, but not at the same level as some other markets. I'm going to be sharing that so you can see for yourself. But it is, a, it is an increase from the January figures. Next, if you look at condos and townhomes, this is a little bit of a different story. I mean, the February figures seem to be very high. I don't think it's really this high when you're actually making offers, but you are expected to be paying more than you have in recent months. Uh, I've seen that myself. I made uh, a couple offers, uh, so I know what they went for. So condo town, but nothing too crazy, but it is higher than before. So you have to factor in maybe one or 2% uh, over recent two months comps, maybe 3% over recent comps to, to be in a fair uh, competition level. Santa Clara County is where it's been very competitive. 499 new listings, so there's no shortage of homes, 370 contingent pending, but look at this number. I said it for a while, like the, the South Bay continues to have done very, very well. So if you have been fortunate to have owned a property in the South Bay, congratulations. If you're looking at the South Bay, this is something to be very, very mindful for. It's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, you can see the big jumps. And take a, just think about it, right? Any of the homes that you may have seen uh, in, in the last month, that you didn't make an offer on or you made an offer on, take a quick look. Look at what that ultimately sold for. My guess is that it's actually higher. I'm sure it's higher than you expected, but it's even higher than I, what I expected. And I'm very data-driven and I see the numbers all the time. We're seeing uh, pretty big tick-ups when it comes to single-family homes of 100, 150,000 over the most favorable recent sold. That's what you can expect, right? So it is happening still. I don't know when it'll change, but it's it is what it is. There's it is it is simply what it is what it is. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. It's more about understanding this. If it's not if you can't handle that, don't give up. Switch to other areas. Change your budget accordingly so you factor in that increase. Or you look at the townhomes. Now townhomes have also increased. Condos and towns have also increased. So make no mistake, people are already shifting there. But it's not going to be as steep of a gain. You're maybe looking at. Um, maybe three, four percent over the last one or two months. So factor that in 
uh, as well. But if you do that, you'll be successful. But the reality is um, in Santa Clara County, single family homes are some of the hottest in the entire market right now. And it is not changing anytime soon. Take a look at Alameda County. Alameda County, I would say, is the second hottest at the moment, uh, especially areas in the Tri-Valley. Uh, that area is also a, in a similar uh, jump, not as extreme as Santa Clara County, uh, but it is still a, a big jump. But you can see no shortage of homes. Holy cow, 489 homes this week. That is a ton of new listings. Look at what it has been previously, right, which is a slower time. But now this is this is already very getting very, very close to peak time already, peak spring season. So take a look at this, right? You can see prices have continued to increase. We are at all-time records now. Uh, you can see it's higher than the previous, all of the last year. But it hasn't actually increased as much as people may think if they compared it to other data about six months ago. If you compare it though, recent times, it's going to be a very big increase. So you're going to have to take that into consideration and make that factor Condos and townhomes, though, on the other end, not much change there. So that's not uh, too bad. Last but not least, let's take a look at San Francisco. So San Francisco, I would say, I would probably say they're probably tied for second of the most increases that I have personally seen from recent data. You can see from the charts itself is also in a similar trajectory over what has been going on in Alameda County. So it has also been a very big increases for single family. Single family have done phenomenally well also in San Francisco as people have returned back to either the office or return back to friends and they've been selling down again. Condos and townhomes though, well, not much townhomes, but condos, you can see the levels have certainly increased a lot since January. January could have been a very good buy time, but nevertheless, it's still lower than it was in December. I suspect as the year goes on, we should see uh, continued growth. I do see a lot of people returning back to San Francisco and wanted to settle down there, especially those that are younger uh, and want that lifestyle. I still see that happening because um, I have many clients that are actively looking there as we speak. So hopefully that gives you some good insights. Uh, every week at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go over live. If you have any questions, any thoughts, always be sure to leave it in the comments below. And yes, my poll of the week was, are you going back to the office? If so, what company do you work for? And how busy is it? Is it nobody? Is it a ghost town? Or is there a good amount of people that want to be back to experience that uh, work-life, hopefully, balance. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out anytime. You can reach out to me at 408-547-4590. And I'd love to talk to you about your home buying or selling experience and going over a strategy if this is something that you want to do. And uh, I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.